came for the candidates. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this your is this your lead in music? Yeah, man. Yeah. Nice. All right. Mm. So here we are. It gets you in the mood for podcast. Well, I'm, I was like, did you know that I was on WFSK yesterday? Is that why we're oh, doing we're smooth in. jazz? Oh, right no. <laughs> so it's uh, season five, episode twelve, with John Sewell, Joe Nolan. Hey guys, what's happening? Thanks for being here. Well, hello. On my my lovely <laughs> sectional couch. Have you ever been on the mighty one four seven? Um, one four seven. That's that that station out of Berry Hill that plays like all the old soul music and stuff. No, I yeah. haven't. But you know what's interesting? Um, not to go right, right in, into it right away. But so yesterday I was Jump on right in. Jazzy eighty eight WFSK. Oh, cool! Um, and that was great. What's the four one one with Sharon K? She was great. Older black lady been around. Used to be on ninety two Q. Is now the general manager of WFSK, mm-hmm. and I believe that radio station is. I think it's it's the longest running African American radio station in Nashville, uh-huh. and that's um, and so that's associated with Fisk University, with Fisk. which is in North Nashville, which is a, a whole like traditional black neighborhood that grew up around the uh, what, uh, what do we call them? Uh, uh, I'm trying to say I'm trying to say black. Historical black colleges and universities. HBCUs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted to make sure I got the acronym right. Um, and that's what was, that was. She led off like, with. We, we got to like fill that in every now and then because there's people in California. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good point. Um, so Fisk is one of the oldest, you know, black universities here, and so she, she kind of leads off on. What it, it sounds like maybe it's a thing with white. Um, mm-hmm guest is that um she was like well did you have any trouble finding us and i was like no ma'am i've been here before it was kind of like because right. she said it's somewhat alarming how many times she'll have white guests on the show never been in north nashville oh, it, it's like it's another world like i never crossed them. charlotte pike and so, I, so I, I had to break it down for her it's like hey um yeah i was i've been here actually i was here a year ago for a vigil for someone who was about to be executed by the state uh-huh and i was over here at the church and mm-hmm. there i don't know if they call it the quad but mm-hmm. they have an old chapel there i was like i yeah, was there last chapel it's this. awesome yeah. yeah and so she was like oh okay so i was like look I'm, I'm i'm involved here and i was like one of my old friends um his name is carl meyer very interesting character came out of the kind of the pacifist socialist anarchist catholic worker movement of the mm-hmm. 60s and 70s right on has um so he look has that amish look to mm-hmm. him you know grow, grows almost all his own food he lives over there um i mean he's an older white guy but part of their mission i guess was to move into typically rundown dilapidated neighborhoods mm. And so he has these community gardens. He bought up several lots around his own house and then deeds them to other members of the community right. if they live with him, almost commune-style setup, operating in right. a capitalist system. So I was telling her, I was like, yeah, he run- it's called Nashville Greenlands. I was like, my friend Carl's right over here. Right. Uh, so it was one of those things where she was like, oh, okay. And then I get into my platform. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And she's like, "Oh, okay, mm-hmm. you know." Cool. Like, and she was like, "Oh, you're a handful, I could tell." And I, was like, so, <laughs> I was like, "Without a doubt." So, so, for, so for the uninitiated, um, let's talk about why you would even be a person that has a platform. Oh yeah, right. Let's okay. just start from the top. So um, the year was 2019. There was an election for mayor of Nashville. <laughs> Ten. Um, unfortunate souls <laughs> turned in qualifying petitions meeting the very rigorous minimum age requirements and having 25 verified signatures of registered voters from Davidson County 
Was that that was my Ralph Bristol radio That's pretty voice? Good. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, but this is a sequel, right? Because you ran the mayor right. last year as well. And Ralph Bristol. So this, is, this is Sewell Tool. Yeah, this 2. is Chit Show 2.0. And Ra- Ralph Bristol <laughs> was a radio personality that ran last year. And I was like, damn, I, even though he was kooky far right, I was like, damn, I just kind of want to hear him talk about <laughs> About whatever. He's like, <laughs> we will fund private prisons. <laughs> he's like, oh, Ralph, you. Um, it sounds so good when he says it, <laughs> <I know>. though. <laughs> Well, that's how I mean, like people like Reagan and even Bill Clinton. It's like they Dude, got away with murder well, just because they could say it nice. And that's and that is you know we could, that'll get into the stagecraft discussion of of uh, running for mayor later. So I am running for mayor. I'm I'm running on a pretty interesting platform, but I I use comedy in my toolbox to kind of at least for me the way I've been saying is to kind of disarm that political tension that people have right when you talk about anything involving politics, especially nowadays. And then um, I at least for me that my approach is somewhat informal because I want to I kind of want to humanize the process and demystify how to get involved. So then. Um, I have a campaign manager who's the line cook at the burger joint across the street from me. Young dude, 21 years old, very interested in local politics. So I was like, hey, man, do you want to yeah. just be my campaign manager and yeah, learn? Yeah, he's the real deal, man. He's great. Yeah. And so we started to do um, a video series on YouTube where it's um, – I. I uh, take the qualifying petition which I have I brought some of that stuff here just for show and nice. tell and it's like here's what a qualifying petition looks like you're gonna also have to turn in an appointment of political treasurer in, in Davidson County that you could, that could be yourself and you just need someone else to witness those signatures then you have then you get into a bunch of campaign finance finance disclosure which is super easy for me because part of maybe the third uh, rail of my platform is damn the money <laughs> uh, i want to raise or be damned by the money John. or be damned to the money <laughs> to the money damn the money stay clean um, <laughs> keep them hands clean um, the hands all dirty with the money I think that was a Dire Straits song. Um, <laughs> so for me, I'm, I, my joke is that I, I aim to raise zero dollars and spend even less. <laughs> so then my financial disclosure forms are pretty simple, uh, <laughs> but I still you still have to file them on time. Mm-hmm. And then then it turns out that I'm actually filing my homework when a lot of like seasoned politicians still are like late turning in some of their forms. Uh-huh. So it's like, damn. But, um, but yeah, but it's, it'd be interesting to see what happens if you were late with your forms. Like how much leniency would there be for the guy right. who doesn't have a budget? Right. Um, I think one of the things that's most interesting about everything you're saying, and especially about those YouTube videos, which are criminally underwatched, yeah. is that you, this is one of the most important things you're doing is just this bare bones, just like grinding bureaucratic horseshit that you have to go through to be a mayoral candidate and the qualifications you have to make and all the well, little and bits and pieces that have to be put in place that aren't just bureaucratic but are yeah. paperwork in, intensive is things like questionnaires mm-hmm. every organization in town is going to send you a questionnaire because they want to know where you stand on every bit of minutia out there and that's what I realized at some point in time I was like damn how do they do this I was like oh Duh. They have a comms manager right. that's filling all this stuff out for them. Right. They have they have poli- they'll have meetings and then someone else goes types types it up. Right. Meanwhile, for me, it was like there were several weeks where I'm literally filling out questionnaires every day. Mm. I had all I had a calendar just of when questionnaires were due because if you missed one, 
you're, you're, there's a blank spot in a questionnaire that right. looks really bad for you. And I was right. Like, At least there's an endorsement you might have missed or something. Well, um, I, I think I missed all endorsements, and that's okay. <laughs> but it, for me, because it was a, you filled out the questionnaire. Exactly. <laughs> but it was a missed opportunity to reach some other people because I, I think part of what the, my campaign last time I told uh, and I ended up meeting a bunch of new friends was it was a flare. It was mm. me shooting up a political flare. Um, is there anybody out there? <laughs> and then, then the people come out of the woodwork and they're like, well, yes, what the hell was that? That mm. was awesome. So that's when I, where I met Daniel, Daniel Pujol, mm -hmm. contacted me. We were always one step away. He's now a co-conspirator in the bi-monthly zine that we run called Salt Weekly. If I could plug that real quick, but he mm -hmm. he Great was like poetry in that magazine. Um, <laughs> do you know one of the authors? Personally? I know a few of them. Okay. I know a few. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like people were like, "Yeah, there's a need for that." Because I realized, like, kind of being, I, I like being edited out of the narrative. I was like, "The local narrative is terrible." And so then, where I was like, "Where's the outlets?" And so part of my campaign is not just to demonstrate DIY ethics. It, it is all, but also play into the DIY aesthetics. So mm -hmm. it's like, do a damn zine, mm -hmm. back old school style, get it mm -hmm. out there. And guess what? Now it's like, we end up, we've started to get so many more partnerships, people very interested in it. Um, a group of black poets mm -hmm. are now like running a thing. I was like, there's all these people out there that you think that I never would have met them otherwise. Right. And, and they saw it and they're like, what in the world is uh -huh. this? Uh huh. Um, and that's what I was when I was starting to say earlier about I went on WFSK Jazzy eighty eight Sunday I I'm going to be on ninety two Q which is it is it's a local um, I guess you would say local soul and hip hop station mm -hmm. it is owned by Cumulus so it's very corporate <laughs> Sharon K the general manager for WFSK used to be on ninety two Q so she was like oh are you going to meet with Ernie I was uh -huh. like yeah that's right she's <laughs> like yep okay <laughs> so we kind of talked off the record about some of that because it was pretty interesting here because. Uh -huh. She was like, I came from that, right. and that's why I'm at Fisk now, right? Because right. I was in that world, and and you can't yeah. mega corporate radio. You versus can't get away with a lot. It's not. She was like, I'm. She was like, I felt like I was always like having to talk to someone about something and mm. uh, oh, get things okay, okayed. Um, but the other interesting thing is then in in mid August, I'm going to be on WVOL. Um, what is that? Fourteen seventy. That is another. I think it is. It might be the oldest black radio station in Nashville. Mm -hmm. So that that to me is. I was like, there's a pattern here because I'm 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 invited to all these the forums that are the most inclusive are the North Nashville Leadership Council, mm -hmm. NOAA, from groups. Um, and the LGBTQ plus community uh -huh. invites me to things. So then you find out that it's the historically marginalized that will that go out of their way to be the most inclusive because they understand the dangers of inconsistent criteria uh -huh. to the process. Mm -hmm. Whereas for like, uh, like we were talking about the, I, I was I, uh, dismissively maybe, you know, uh, in poor taste calling them the progressives mm -hmm. of the local weekly kind of acting as gatekeepers. And then you realize it's like, dude, you built the gate. Mm -hmm. Just open the gate. Why are you mm -hmm. erecting walls? Why are you erecting obstacles to to the political process? And it's almost then at least one person broke it down to me is like, well, maybe it's a loss of political prestige because they see themselves as defending some sort of democratic process, but then their defense is unironically, fundamentally anti-democratic. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's like there's. 
that's a, a, a lot of my interactions with people. I'll reference the Music City cognitive dissonance, mm-hmm. and that it needs to get tuned. So it's like that's the thing with Music City. Then it's like I open up all the wordplay with t- being in tuned, being in harmony. With, you know, uh, this is an augmented fifth. <laughs> well, and uh, part of my platform is um, to tune construction equipment. So that, we could get into that later, but <laughs> Nashville is going through an, a quite impressive boom, and I was like, I'm sick of the damn beeping sound. Yeah. So and I was like, and so then I started to look it up, and that's the thing is like, I, I throw out a lot of crazy things, but it's not because I'm uninformed. It's usually because I am informed, and I could say this wild stuff. Mm-hmm. They found that through studies that that weird beeping sound that I guess is is. What, like a backup uh, yeah. sound on a on a uh, you on know, bulldozer or whatever, yeah. But it acoustically, it's like in between. Something like there's something about it's not it. in an interval. That's is that on the twelve is? tone scale? Yeah, yeah. So like things like that are there. But that's on, probably on purpose to make it naturally well, it's certainly uh, on purpose. So, un- uncomfortable. Uh, but they found um, if it was musical, then it wouldn't be as alarming. But it wouldn't be alarming. Check this out. Um, but what they found is that people tune it out. Yeah. Construction workers end up tuning. Yeah. It's almost like when you go to your aunt's house and she has seven kids and the kids running around don't bother her yeah. because she's around them all the time. And so they found out that construction workers are still getting backed over because it's just another it's there's so much of it going and so in the netherlands they did some sort of study where um it (laughs) was uh, like white uh, they're ahead of us on everything Uh, white noise was actually a more effective solution and then i think there was a kind of a secondary effect is that the white noise doesn't travel as far so it's it's so then that's where i was like well what if we started getting things in tune yeah by the way a side note totally unrelated have you ever been to youtube and searched for 12 hours of white noise (laughs) is there a lot of it So, or How like many? T- ten hours, or whatever. So, you, you, if you look at, uh, if you go to YouTube and just like do ten hours, it, people have done any number of things that will play for ten hours straight. <laughs> mm-hmm. like the, the fireplace for your Christmas, yeah. Uh, but time. I mean, some of it's just like the same thing, looping, uh-huh. like some weird cartoon thing or whatever. But, but one of the things that uh, people like Woody do, Woody Woodpecker, ten and, hours, and, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure there is that. That's well, my point. The, um, <laughs> but my, what I wanted to say though, okay. real quick, is just that um, that uh. One time I was traveling and I, I wanted to put on some white noise to sleep because I didn't have a fan or whatever. I'm one of those fan people. And uh, and so I... Not even the bathroom, the fart fan in the bathroom? I need all fans. Okay, all, fans. All, all fans go. Yeah. <laughs> Not just for sleep. I just like white noise a lot. Um, but anyway, the, the, the thing is, is I went on YouTube and I was looking for 10 hours white noise and I found something and I... And I, I just was like, oh, cool. And then I just, my, the corner of my eye caught that there was like thousands of comments. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just TV static sound, right? For 10 hours. That's all it is. Yeah. I'm like, what is this like? Why are there more comments on this one right. white noise video than yeah. any engagement I've ever gotten out of anything I've ever done? <laughs> right. Like, why is, this, like, why is the yield well, so greater? What, what were yeah. the comments? Like, so, of course. Were they like, wait till the end? <laughs> so so it basically it ended up being like a bunch of i guess trolls but it but it made it into like a race thing uh-huh. white noise oh and, wow. I don't know, and it turned into this huge basically a oh, playground wow. for racial argumentation oh whoa. In, the, in the comment section of a wh- yeah. 10 hours of white noise and so uh-huh. that's what i found so so beautiful about it was just because it's supposed to be like i just need something that is absolutely nothing and then 
it doesn't even matter if like nothing can exist on the internet and still there's going to be thousands of people arguing with each other <laughs> over nothing. attached to it in some way well it kind of reminds me you know there's um uh, there's a youtube channel that's always streaming and it's it's um computer i guess generated ai generated um death metal speed metal it's just mm. oh, nice and, and AI was, generated, and and it's and it's it's like they cre- somebody created a formula, and so it picks from all these different death metal things, puts them together, and you listen to it, you're like, it just damn, I don't know the difference. Mm. And wow. it's pretty damn good because a lot of times you're not gonna you you don't listen to death metal to to hear the 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 lyrics <laughs> yeah. express so much, you know, because yeah. so, it's like so indiscernible are there lyrics well or is it just something yelling and and a vocalist every now Uh and then and it's Uh like what is it you know i think there's like yeah you know (laughs) the people that do that though would probably be really upset to hear it put that way i'm sorry yeah Uh, so now there'll be negative comments on on this video. That's yeah. right. Great. That's perfect. Let's find somebody to make angry. Make it the death metal crowd. Yeah, i like death metal. Anyway, yeah, I don't mind it. Um, I like I'm, that really sludgy, like stoner rock. Okay, <laughs> at, at least for me, I grew up on like maybe like eighties metal, and it was like a metal punk crossover. Mm-hmm. I think was where I really like it started to get into it. Because um, now there's a radio station in my commercial building. I have a koozie for them over there, but. Um, WXNA, they used to be the friends and family of WRVU. Mm-hmm. So when I got the first rent check, I was like, son of a bitch, WRVU mm-hmm. just moved into the building. Oh, wow, that's so, cool. So then, like, the next time I was like, I have to confess, um, I have a few metal records at home that say WRVU <laughs> in the front of them. So I was like, can I bring them back? What am I supposed to do now? <laughs> yeah. I was like, you can't play the, your nuclear assault on the radio anyway. <laughs> so I, I took them home, they got listened to there. Uh, so that was a good joke there. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I mean, we don't have to go into my platform. I think one, one of the most interesting things, at least for me, is the the melange of comedy and politics and how mm. that's, um, for me, the goal is to disarm people's um, innate tension around politics. So I get to say some wild stuff, mm. such as decriminalization of drug use, decriminalization of mm. sex work, those type of things that... They are political ideas that exist in the world. I was going to say, those are a great example of what you just mentioned earlier about. Yeah. Like, that's not some crazy shit you just made They're in up. in the it, world, and it's real. Yeah. And that's and not thing. only in places with windmills. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And only bike lane. No road, just the bike <laughs> lane yeah. goes there. Um, well, it's similar to that. I, I like put. On, I was like, why don't we start shutting these streets down? So I made them, went on Google Maps, figured out how to make my own map. And I was like, all right, 3rd, 5th, Dedrick, Dudley parts of division it was like all of them some of them made a lot of sense i was like let's just shut them down no cars on these streets anymore Uh, because we can't even get dedicated bike lanes downtown because a lot of the people financing current campaigns are businesses downtown that that don't want to shut down streets and Uh so then it's like even though if that's the for infrastructure improvement and all that stuff etc and it's like we, so I was like, to hell with that. Just close streets. God, I'm sick I, of talking about this it's stuff. It's crazy how... Um, so wait, wait that's really the future. Quick, with your, with your close yeah. street thing, like, because I, 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 I saw this or you mentioned it before, but let me let me understand this. You mean like just permanently say this street no longer has traffic, only pedestrians. Correct. Pedestrian, and bikes. Or, or bikes okay. or, or scooters yeah, or yeah, a yeah. Segway, whatever it is. And we mm-hmm. figure out how to do that. Because to me, I was like, that is the future. I can tell you right mm-hmm. now, like, I remember I was living in New York when they did this in Times Square. Um, for some of the <clears throat> right around Times Square and people were like this is the middle of New York City you're gonna close a, 
you're gonna close off these streets right in the middle of the busiest anything in the whole world like, this is yeah and on this tiny island it's gonna be chaos and the the ripple effects are gonna be mm. there's gonna be people tied up in the bronx because of this or like whatever <laughs> and then they just did it and then everything was awesome and everything was just fine mm. and all and the businesses that were worried about it are thriving because now they're in a place where people actually want to be mm. you're not afraid of be death by car yeah. yeah and that's i was like that's the crazy thing is for a lot of these like retail establishments is like now you're on a really nice street to be on right you know like now your corporate lobby opens up to a very calm street yeah. that might now have more green yeah, yeah. do you want yeah, your house yeah, on yeah. a greenway or in an alley yeah <laughs> and now you become yeah and then instead of being the place that i don't go to because i don't want to fight to have parking or whatever now you're the place that i can go here and then right afterwards we can go over there and get dessert and, and then after that there's this cool thing to go check out well, and that yes, and that's because it's a destination. Exactly the uh, the death of the mall in America mm. has given way to this need also the public the public where people still want space. public spaces mm. to go and shop and be and be around other right. people, but not jammed on top of other people or whatever. Yeah. And we don't have that uh, experience to offer people mm. anymore with all the downtown renewal that's going on mm. in every town. And, and, not, and, not, and Nashville's but, unique in the sense that. Um, isn't it, what is it about Nashville? You guys will probably remember this. I don't know exactly what it is, but there's something about the formative nature of Nashville's downtown that is the reason why it is so, something about limiting residences or things down there to people like 50 years ago or some sort of thing where like basically the urban planning was done in a way to be kind of like a giant mall and not support residential needs. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then, and the exodus of all that stuff in the '60s or right. whatever, because uh, no one lived down there. When I was growing up, no one. It was like a hundred people lived down there. It would be some old building still, and it was mostly people that were like hotels where you could you could kind of live at. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. when the first one started to come online, I was like, okay, is this happening? But that was like still now. That was like. Um, you're talking about the 90s, late right. 90s is when people started. I came here in the early 90s, and after 5 o'clock, it was essentially deserted in all of downtown Nashville. People wouldn't believe that nowadays, but well, it was Well, that was the joke. It's like they roll up the sidewalks downtown. Yeah. Except for the uh, the honky-tonks were always there. Right. And God bless the honky-tonks. I know. and um, that, Well, that was when you could go down there and watch your friends play. Yeah, totally. And then it was... It's, you know, it's an interesting thing, too. Um, uh, I was going to say about your street closure idea, like, I'm not an urban planner, but... I do know of lots of places where they've talked about the phenomenon of, you know, we, we need to add lanes to the highway. And it's like, if you add lanes to the highway, you encourage more drivers on the highway and you just increase the problem. And so there really is a thing where it's like, actually take away the ability for people to drive and you take away the fucking drivers. And now they have to figure out something else. And in Nashville, we got huge problems because public transit's a bitch and it's tough to do lots of stuff like that. But like you say, there's a certain, there's a, you have to start somewhere. Well, it's, it's dangerous in the South, though, because this in the South, culturally, there is, and this is not just the South, but I, I, I believe that in the South, there is a particular, I would say maybe not necessarily the South, let's just say anywhere where it's not a big city, those people generally find cars to be this sort of a measure of their autonomy and their sacred personal space yeah, or something. Like and so it's, it's actually cutting into something really deep when you when you threaten that in any way and it's something that i don't think people have really taken the time to sort of psychologically 
from a behavioral standpoint, which is weird because this this phenomena has really only been in place since the interstate system was built in the yeah. 50s. But here we are just a couple of generations later or whatever, and people are holding on to these things like it is the Second Amendment or like whatever else that, well, that they, people are tied to. And We made a sport out of driving in a circle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's we right. Built stadiums turn left. to watch people. Yeah, turn left forever. I was like, that's insane. Yeah. Like, that's it's also kind of badass. The older I get to, I'm like, I get it now. This is pretty badass, but it is also un- but, uh, uh, mundane. It's, it's in it's so it's in the it's in the culture. Definitely. Oh yeah, because well, you know how NASCAR got started, right? Is that the bootleggers and all yeah. that stuff? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll see you um, later, Joe. Bye. I'm leaving. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Are you gonna get more water? Yeah. You want some? Yeah, that'd yeah, be great. Um, Do you have a glass? Um, I do not. I'll get you. Um, Are you good, Brian? Yeah, man. Okay. But uh, the interesting thing is that, um, at least for me, it's like a lot of these ideas might come off as crazy to people, but I get to say it in a fun way. But then I, I do get to inject it into the conversation, and people that are then like, well, what? So I, I went and met um, a group of labor unions. I did the questionnaire. They're like, would you like to come in and talk to us? I was like, certainly. I've, I've been a member of several unions. I still am. I'm a member of SAG after. I was on a TV show for a couple of years. Um, I used to be a member of the Carpenters Union. I retired my card in that to mm-hmm. join when I joined SAG. Um, and so I went to talk to them, and I was like, so I throw out these ideas, decriminalizing prostitution, and they're like, well, what does that look like? So I was like, great. Now we're having a conversation. Yeah. And it's and it's not just some weird thing. It's like these things, we we might, people want to dismiss it as, as being like out too far out there. It's like, so then then it's like, well, if I come to you right out, right out of the gate saying I'm outside outside the box, then, then I could say things that are outside of political bounds, but they're not out of line is what I end up finding and that's what I was kind of getting into earlier talking to Joe because he came and saw the uh, televised forum on Tuesday yeah I watched that okay what would you think uh uh oh <laughs> no I mean it was it was great but it was just like um this is the one you're talking about where it was there was no debating it was just sort of like ra- round robin uh, kind of answers My, yeah yeah um uh at Trevecca, Fox yeah, 17 yeah so so um uh, I don't even know where to start. Like, is it okay if I disparage anybody or talk any shit at all? Sure. And okay. I mean, and it's, I would enjoy if me. you did it to me also. Oh, no, so no. I, no, it's really just, I was amazed at the caliber of people that you were on this panel with, okay? Um, I'll just say it that way. Okay. Uh, and then I'll say also that um, it seemed like I was watching sort of like a, uh, a TV show or something because it was so certainly uh, it was so unnatural seemingly unnaturally typecasted <laughs> like, like you got the older wonkish candidate yeah, yeah. you got you got the the right wing guy that's really yeah, gonna yeah, tell you how yeah, it is yeah and, and then you got um, the you, you have the uh, conservative professor t- you know and, yeah and like so and, and this, then you have your southern lawyer right in the middle of the stage dress immaculately oh maybe we're talking about a different forum then I'm just talking about the one that it was, uh, I miss mean, unless it's all the same candidates. One was the IT guy, uh, black man, really smart. Um, and then there was a black woman who was kind of. You might have been talking about last year's. Oh, was that last year's? Yeah. Okay, oh. so same kind of. Well, it obviously still all applies, okay. right? Because I was just amazed at. Because it was like the commercial developer kind of advocate guy. And then there's the. You know, it was sort of like this kind of array of. Uh, anyway, I just. I was amazed at just is this really what 
this is what we have it's unbelievable and that to me is scary because it's like people want to dismiss what i'm doing because maybe there's a unfamiliar informal style but then i, I was like but there's some meat i got substance underneath and so yeah. that's a way that i deliver my substance to them and well, people don't like that well, was what the, i found out and i was like that's scary that you're going to dismiss me yeah not on the merits of my argument but how you don't like my presentation well what i what i hate is that um being a person so so you okay you see people all the time in sort of meme culture and everything else talking about how it's important to you know everybody's talking about how you got to be humble and you've got to always be in a learning position in life and you know all this oh there you go you're doing great thank you thanks (laughs) (laughs) and uh and the thing is is that um Ah, it's 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 so looked down upon to be to have anything that is admitted uncertainty or un or or i just don't i don't know but i think that this is really interesting to talk about in these ways and i'd like to see this be sort of effectively the end result of whatever we've sort through that we don't really know like like basically in the in the political realm it's it's you people have this false idea that you have to be an expert on everything and so it takes up so much extra time because everybody is trying to spout statistics and things that they've studied and they'll do the whole formulaic thing where it's like take bob smith from tolahoma he has this farm and for his combines it's this and you know with the tariffs of this and the what they're trying to constantly paint a constellation of pseudo knowledge through these uh canned narratives yeah that makes me crazy because it's it's like i i would love to have a whole panel of people that are like here you know here's a bunch of shit i've done in my life here's some stuff i've done pretty well here's some stuff i've totally failed at um <laughs> but you know what like i'm really passionate about this and and uh and i i'm gonna you know anybody that says they're not learning on the job is not a person like you have to learn to do and uh, you know and, and, and then you're not being dynamic or, or absorbing of new information if you're just like nope this is the way it gets done so so basically I, in short i guess i'm just saying the lack of uh people being willing to be humble and not know everything and ask the right questions so i think that what i get from you is that you have i it's kind of like hey why don't we talk about this why isn't this part of the conversation what about this this happens in other places uh you know so can we just talk about it well and part of my platform is actually because i do believe in it is um continuing education credits for elected and appointed oh, officials. Oh, wow, that's that great. you have to keep yeah, learning. Yeah. And so for me, at least here in, in Metro Nashville, part of my policy proposal is that it would be run by um, Metro Nashville Public Schools Community Education Program. And so then council members, members of the mayor's office still have to take classes, if it maybe it's civics. For me, a big point is logic. I see that violated constantly. And, and Joe will probably remember last year, my interview with Fox 17, I just kind of went on a uh, on a rant about <laughs> logical fallacies and the right. danger of them. It was great. Didn't even get into my platform <laughs> because I, what I ended up finding out is that I'm being attacked by people on on this terrible internet. Um, and and it, in the end, what it ended up being was ad hominem attacks. Yeah. They're attacking me instead of my proposals <clears throat> because they don't like me personally. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so then it also generates the, it generates and exposes this tribalism where it's like, oh, well, they're my coworker. Um, I'm defending him. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, then you're then you're like, wait a minute. 
we're now we're in the tribalism that you that you write about, but and you, you're perpetuating yeah. it. Yeah, but but you are a provocateur, and you, certainly you know. <laughs> I, I, okay, I'm trying. I to, do admit I'm to baiting to, some of them. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm trying to say a fancy I, I uh, French-sounding word for troll. Um, uh, no provocateur, well, but basically you 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 know. I'm not trolling people. I'm I'm putting things out there, but in a provocative way, certainly. It, but you're well, you know, definitely like you know, judging anybody by what they do or say on Twitter is pretty much the dumbest thing you can ever do but, <laughs> but that is an important vehicle now our, our country's um, the prism of perception is now all guided through this singularity of Twitter now in this completely bizarre way which, well which, oh, I yeah. think only to a certain demographic because then I go to um, places in North Nashville they don't know what anything's happening on Twitter yeah. and that's the beautiful that's what I realized like I was like Twitter for these like people addicted to it, um, reporters that are on it constantly. I was like, it is literally the shadow on the cave wall. Yeah, it is. It's like the light is behind us, and you're looking at the shadow and talking about the shadow the whole mm. time. You're back in the cave allegory right away, mm. and you're defending it. That's mm -hmm. the bizarre thing. And I think what 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 ends up being scary for me is when I get attacked by. Um, thought leaders, local intelligentsia, who end up trying to um, essentially say that I should not be allowed to participate in the political process. Yeah, and so then then you get into discussion about is that what they're really saying? Yes. Like outright, yes, yeah, and um, that it's just for attention. And I was like, okay, without a doubt, it's for attention. How do yeah. you, how do I get these this message out there? That's like it's mm -hmm. like your band just played a show. It's like you just played all that music you wrote for the attention. Yeah, and it's yeah. like no shit. Yeah. <laughs> so well, it's I'm also like, like I just this is a larger thing that I'm doing here. Well, and, yeah. and it's like I have a larger project in place here um, that has other outlets as well. Like whether it's my commercial arts building, um, I don't. Uh, I also have some other projects that'll come online in the next few years that are kind of behind the scenes the zine itself is is part of that um the wheat pacing wall behind my behind my building in the alley mm. kind of having more for me and that's what i was telling someone it's like um it's about accessibility mm. and so it, what you end up saying is if you're not going to win mayor uh you have no right running it's like well guess what only one person gets the job. So yeah. you're saying all these other people are illegitimate unless they raise X amount of dollars. Now they're legitimate. Right. Or at least one of the criteria <clears throat> was have held office or are currently in office. So I was like, talk about um, like cr like generating the insider circles. Like yeah. You're saying unless I'm invited to your thing. Yeah. It, like unless not, I already not, have a seat at the table, I can't move up toward the front. So it's, like having a two, yeah. it's like having a two drink minimum at the last supper. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a, that's like a country hit wouldn't happen. Oh my god! It's yeah. a two drink minimum. <laughs> <Which last> supper. <laughs> it's interesting for me because at least right out the two gate, cupper. Um, <laughs> two cupper. Two cupper. Last supper um, is part of part of my the program is one I expand the field and that's a term that I'm really stealing from land art, um, but to expand the field of what we talk about and who can talk about it, two for me is also is dem democratization of our decision-making processes which ends up being it's super relevant when you start talking about people trying to exclude you but yet will run um clickbait that includes terms like inclusion and diversity yeah and i'm like okay but you're the one telling me you're not allowed here i was like mm -hmm. it's almost like i'm sick of hearing the words inclusion and diversity because they are going to be in 20 years what um equality and coexist were mm -hmm. in the 90s yep 
Mm -hmm. it's like, you're just giving me a bumper sticker. You're not giving me a political philosophy. Oh, Mm -hmm. I think we're already there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But I like that parallel. That makes sense. Right? I was like, remember the coexist bumper sticker? It was Mm -hmm. like, you still see them sometimes. You're like, oh, man. Oh, you're like, oh, they're still driving that geo prism. Oh, that's cool, man. You Good still, for them. You still remember the Sierra Club? <laughs> yeah, I, well, it seems like even bumper stickers are kind of on the way out. I would hope so. Well, now Be- they're online people, as GIFs. Yeah. That's what I found out. Yeah. It's like people end up using that. I was like, great, you just sent me an animated bumper sticker yeah. to represent an idea. That's, yeah. a, that's, that's an like am- your banner and your Twitter page. That, that's, that's a great response to, the, to honest thought exchange is now being like, all right, here's a clip from a movie. It's like, what? <laughs> here's a clip from a movie. Okay. I will die for um, this clip from a movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, Okay, um, it's, it's called communication. Yeah, okay, and I'm I'm still learning about how to do it properly. Uh-huh. And so last year, my mayoral campaign was a little bit more off the rails. Um, essentially, the last year I ran on the Chit platform, and it was corruption, hypocrisy, influence, and taxes. C H I T. So I was like, we're all part of the great big Chit show. So then I get into fun scatological wordplay. Yeah. But um but what I was essentially saying was I was like, don't be a fool, don't vote for Sewell. Because it, it was my pla- I, it was a, the joke was I'm uh, I I support all these bad things. I'm bad at bad things. Vote for one of my co-applicants because yeah, they're good at bad things. Right. Yeah. And you're so like, I'm corrupt, but I'm also stupid. Vote for the experts. <laughs> pull off the chip platform better than I can. Yeah. And it was bizarre because the people that were also attacking me last year were like, you said don't vote for you. And I was like, you, you, okay, yes, that's, that's the punchline. Did you hear the rest of the joke? Right. You know? And it's like, and then I found out it's like so many people, even in like the local literary cliques, um, political writers groups, it's like they, they still, they don't want to have to delve into anything. They really want to be spoon fed because mm-hmm. that's, they've created, and that's really something I didn't realize is it's, that's the tradition. And that is, um, candidate sends out press release, bullet points highlighted, consumed by a reporter, yeah. distilled, redistributed back to the masses somewhere in an article. Right. Do you and, know Stephen Knapp? Um, is that with a K? Yeah. Um, Knapp. Knapp? Yeah, um, Stephen, Stephen Knapp. Uh, that name is familiar. He's a, he's a I don't documentary know. filmmaker and does other produces and friend created, of the show. Friend of the show. But um, <laughs> well, I was just thinking, man, you guys need to be connected because yeah. he's working on a, a long, fo- he's, He's putting himself and himself into the throes of governmental um, corruption. Corruption uh, <laughs> through this. Uh, what is this documentary called? It's called. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about the uh, name it's, or anything. It's it's one word, and he's. I'm now. I was gonna be like, hey man, you should listen to the podcast we talked about you, but now I can't tell him because I couldn't remember <laughs> the name of his film. Um, what is but it's, 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 sort about, of- it's about. It's um, about. Him being evicted from a building. Yes, I saw. Uh, the, and it was based, a building owned by Bill Freeman, who now owns the scene. Ba boom. Yeah. Talk and just for people out there, um, Bill Freeman is kind of a local boss hog character. He he ran for mayor. <laughs> um, he's, he's a portly man, and um, nope. But he is kind of comes from old power. 
He's uh, he ran for mayor in 2015 in Nashville. Spent I think I want to say he spent millions of his own fortune mm-hmm. running for mayor. Still came in fourth or something. And and as one local um, candidate for mayor last year, who's still active in this this year's run, because that was the thing when I ran last year, some people understood what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times it was like people that came from a black radical tradition, people mm-hmm. that came from a like a socialist or anarchist tradition were like, I think you're talking people who remember like the '60s or the '70s when people like Pat Paulson would run for the presidency every year and stuff. There's a grand tradition of this Without sort of satirical. Uh, I was like, where uh, are you people? But yeah. like, people are so dismissive because people want to be so serious all the time. But so I talked to I was talking. Um, <laughs> To him about it and his point was that bill freeman put so much money out there it's not that people didn't know what he what he was or what he stood for it's that they did know and voted for someone else mm-hmm. so bill freeman freeman webb owns all sorts of properties um i think they have a lot of hud homes mm-hmm. um this is where the wrinkle or the problem was because uh it was something in and around there's supposed to be sort of rent control and affordable housing and all these various things coming up but what they're doing is they're finding uh, cheapened essentially ways or manufactured ways of getting people out of the of the rent controlled ones <laughs> right right and and that's the scary thing is like you're not and you're not going to read about that in the scene because he owns the damn thing now mm-hmm. and that's what's weird to me is like and th- that's our local um alt weekly i don't do you mm-hmm. want to do a disclosure oh yeah yeah so we talked about this earlier i was i wasn't sure if you had mentioned the name here or not but this alt weekly that they keep talking about is one that i've worked for as a freelancer since about 2004 i think so i've never been an employee of the scene but i frequently contribute Frequent to contributor, the scene. monthly just contributor. full disclosure <laughs> <laughs> and uh well you do the you do arts write-ups yeah i'm art and film and so primarily how dare you i know <laughs> i know i know but my beef is is First typically came with, for the critics i know <laughs> um, the politi- it's the political writers that are attacking me and then it's then you find out now it's like their own they've they've gone more middle of the road to the point that the g- local gannett publication are i guess they call it usa today tennessee tennessean is what it has been historically that's the name of the paper but their network is like usat yeah they're usa today owned and operated right. um, it's the bizarre thing is they're the they're the ones including me now in the conversation there they ran an op-ed that i wrote in response to another op-ed that they published last week that was from a group called open it's the debate strange it's wild so i was like <laughs> we're gonna we talk about our music city cognitive dissonance like we're like we're out of there i was like you're so out of touch part of your part of their um reporting includes like a fundraiser at one of their friends houses but doesn't include these forums in in poor communities that all the mayor all the candidates are at i was like that's that's our priorities here is the the cheese dip at the john ray clemens fundraiser at your at your friend's house um <laughs> but anyway, so that's where I, that's is, where I is, recognize is your, there, your friend's documentary because I've seen yeah. him post on Twitter yeah. in response to seeing things about the scene will post an article about affordable housing or something like that. He's like hypocrisy all the way, mm. and, and and then he'll and then he'll post a, a clip of his documentary. Yeah, we need to get him back on because a lot's happened uh, since we last had him happened? on. Oh yeah, In like his story? he was messaging me just the other day, and and so mm-hmm. I think that some things have uh, evolved. Yeah, cool. oh, interesting. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, so yeah, I'd love to talk to him because I would I would love to I would love more people to hear this story because for me it's interesting that I want to push some of these um, kind of outlandish things. Other things that I've been pushing at at these forums is um, ranked choice voting. 
We almost had that in Nashville. It lost by one vote. And um, I won't go into a Google description of it, but someone can. Um, essentially, instant runoff. So you, you rank the choice of, of, of the candidates instead of choosing one. You put them in order. Right. And I was telling someone, I was like, it's not only proven to be more democratic. We get better outputs from our processes through ranked choice voting. It doesn't benefit any side of the spectrum. Right. It benefits... It doesn't benefit a single person. It benefits every person. Right. And I was like, at least for me, I think it'd be super interesting if I was to come from like a personally selfish position is that I bet I would be number two on mm-hmm. lots of lists mm-hmm. because people are like, I like what he's saying, but I'm afraid my vote might yeah. be over. So I'm, I'm going to vote for go this with guy. Safer That's what I really want John to yeah. get exposed. Right. Yeah, yeah. In a good way. We're doing eight-bit eight voting. We need to be doing 32-bit voting. We're way off. And, and resolution is very low. And so I was like, first past the post, we've, it's been demonstrated. It's a terrible way to choose our choose, so choose our leaders because now we we know we're almost at the point where more than half the population is neither D or R. Yeah. But we have a two-party well, system. This is interesting, too, because this goes back to what you said earlier about how, you know, like we, we see this sort of this sort of uh, culture war happening on the Twitter sphere, but then you get out of the Twitter sphere, and all of a sudden you realize, to to my understanding, in the world I live in, I really honestly feel like that that uh, sort of uh, bifurcated, just loggerheads, blue versus red horseshit is a fucking illusion that without it, a doubt that happens in the newspapers, on TV, on Twitter, and then outside of that. There's all sorts of reasonable people who are willing to communicate with one another. And so that's real. I'm telling you that's fucking real. Certainly. And I'm also telling you that the disenfranchised like left that's that's anti-establishment has a lot in common with the right that's anti-establishment. And that's part of where the 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 new emergence is gonna come. That's that's my own crazy idea. I'm not running for mayor. (laughs) I was gonna say, here we go. And that's at least part of my exercise is when I get out there, um, I'll lean on comedy to kind of get some get some interesting ideas out there. But I don't say I'm a radical. I don't say um, I'm an anarchist. I don't say Mm -hmm. I'm a socialist. I I avoid these boxes, and so people don't know how to take it. So at least last year, it was. you find out people want to categorize you right away, and when they can't, they're they're somewhat befuddled and they get dismissive. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, I was like trying to process. I was like, maybe this is their psychological, personal response to not being able to get that quick fix. Yeah, like what are you? Like I want to throw you in a box right away, and it's right. like, it's like, nah, sister, that ain't me. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Here, here's some other ideas. So then I get into like. Um, actually talking about the voting process, talking about ranked choice voting. I'll throw out negative voting. It doesn't exist in the world. I'd love it, but it's a thought experiment in political science. Uh-huh. Where it's like because what ha- we had a special election for mayor last year in Nashville, and it really came down between a super conservative black woman and the the vice mayor. And what you find out, and he inherited his job he got during his job. a political scandal. We went through some trauma as a city, and so most people just kind of they wanted to go with what was safe and what was stable. And so I've saved I saved my mailer from the Briley campaign because it said absolutely nothing. It was it was a, it was a picture with demographic demographic tokenism, everyone smiling. Then a, then schools, sidewalks, 
you know, safety. I'm just like, you're just saying words. Yeah. You're just words in our language, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, no one's going to be like, boo on schools, boo on. So like, he, he realized he came from a safe position. They sent those mailers out to, um, that was right after the referendum, on, on to neighborhoods where the, the referendum, the transit referendum did well. And essentially he said nothing. And so uh, you find out, talking to people, a lot of the votes for Briley last year were actually votes against Carol Mm -hmm. because people were scared of her, possibly rightfully so, but we don't know. Yeah. And so that's why I was like, what if those people, instead of casting for David, just said minus on Carol? Mm-hmm. So that's, I was like, if we had... That's a different referendum when he becomes the mayor. So he can't say, I got all these votes. He says, oh, I got lucky because they just didn't like my opponent. But exactly. now I'm here on shaky ground He's saying, like I fucking should be. I'm, I'm, against, <laughs> I'm against this, I'm against that, I'm against... It's like, well, what are you pro? Yeah. And so that's what I try to do is at least on the campaign trail, I try to keep comedy in there. I try to keep it light. And I try to... And I do minimize attacks against other candidates because guess what? I find out I am actually bending the conversation, and, and without getting into the stagecraft of everything, I, I could tell you that because uh, I'm here's the here's the thing now is I'm hanging out with other mayoral candidates in the green room. The mm-hmm. mayor at, at one of these uh, m- more recent forums made a joke to me. Um, he was like, uh, I, I, and it, it was it was in, in good form. He was <laughs> like. Um, I heard a rumor that you were microdosing at the last four. <laughs> and I was like, David, look at you. Look at my material. Like but but I was, so I was like, well, in response to that, I have to say, unfortunately not. <laughs> Wish I had Question been. two, are you holding, sir? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But the fact that, so now, I was like, that's such an interesting anecdote to me from a historical perspective is like, here I am, low-tier candidate, being asked by the mayor if I was microdosing at a mayoral forum, right. so I'm like, the ideas are landing. Yeah, and um, the, at at the forum, at one of those forums, one of the other leading candidates said no on legalizing marijuana. Mm-hmm. His campaign manager, he's an older candidate, and he, I think, he doesn't really have an idea, you know. Yeah, but um, his campaign manager came up to me after the forum essentially apologizing and saying he is for legalizing marijuana <laughs> so it's like we're in a world yeah so i was like when people are like you're 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 fucking with the system and i was like well you're d- goddamn right but guess what it's getting results yeah because now um and then the 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 third leading candidate i don't you were at that fox 17 forum and mm-hmm. i don't know if you could tell i was trying to keep it light during the commercial breaks yeah cracking jokes with them yeah. i asking some of the other candidates if they played chess if they'd like to play chess, if they play checkers, because um, it ends up being checkers on stage. But um, they were like, "All right, Mr. the moderators were like, all right, Mister Sewell, you'll you'll be the first to answer the next question." So I was like, "All right, can you tell me which one it is?" And like, "No, we can't. We, we, did, we didn't tell any of the other candidates what their question was going to be." I was like, "Okay, well, thank you. I do want to be treated just as any other candidate." Um, so I was like, "That's fair, um, and I'll take it." But I turned to th- I turned to some of the other guys next to me. Uh, that one of them will be mayor uh-huh. and I was like hey what are you guys going to say to the next one you know, like, <laughs> what's the material you guys are working with Yeah. and um, John Ray Clemens was like legalize marijuana legalize marijuana <laughs> and I was like run with that all day sir please, please yeah. steal my material yeah, yeah, yeah. not just steal my not just steal this book yeah. you know, and that's what I try to tell people is like I'm tapping like Abby Hoffman I'm right. tapping into that the Yippies yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a political prankster that was a democratic operative named literally named Dick Tuck mm-hmm. I, I, people should look him up he's kind of an older school but 
yeah pulled off some wild stuff um mm-hmm. where you're talking about um the situationists there was a there was a dutch group called the provos mm-hmm. and you were like talking about you're a provocateur that was their whole thing were they um and not we don't know much i don't know as much about them as i wish i did but they were kind of a, a precursor to the situationists and informed um situation the situationist political activities cool because part of their thing was they would be non-violent but try to provoke the state into a violent position, mm-hmm. kind of to expose some of the hypocrisy there. Right. But, yeah. But their name got shortened to Provos. Right. And so I was like, and to me, I think, I think when I tell people that it's like I'm tapping into tradition, it's like they don't believe it. Like, oh, you're just trying to intellectualize your <laughs> descent. Uh, who are the people that are so protective of this? Uh, who doesn't system? love a good intellectualization of uh, of, of uh, descent? Anyway, that's I want to. I want to hear people intellectualize their descent all day long. <laughs> Pretty much, right? Well, you end up finding out that a lot of times it's the this progressive crowd that they they think they're the thought leader. <laughs> Please steal my material. Um, they drive bro dozers. Oh, I, yeah. Um, they, the bro, think, yeah. they think they're protecting <laughs> democracy in the end. They think they're they're protecting it. And it's like that's the scary thing is you're erecting obstacles to protect democracy. But right. so in in essence, you're violating the central like tenet of of yeah. the idea of this the democratic exercise is that right. it's supposed to be for everyone. Right. But, but there's a lot of people. I mean, I don't know how to say this nicely or cleanly or simply or quickly, but. I think there's just a lot of people that aren't very bright. Um, honestly, just about the well, concepts and about yeah. the uh, basic. I, I really shit. think that, I, I think that there's just <clears throat> there's a, a level of tribalism and indoctrination and and uh, learned behavior. And you see, it's it just conditional. All over the place. Yeah, it's just conditional yeah. response, as primal as uh, you You're know, totally f- right. uh, being tickled or anything else. Like it's just something that's just built in, and this is how I respond to the, that I, type of input. Yeah. And I think that we've gotten to a point where it's so soiled by me- media and uh, you know the disaffecting nature and the disconnection of, of politics and the the body politic with the human experience. I mean, I, 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 one one time somebody said, you know, it was somebody I was talking to, I, I was overseas years ago, and somebody was like, hey, so how's it different, you know, since 9-11 and all that, like, how's your life changed kind of thing? And I was like, uh, I mean, really? You know, for me, I don't have any uh, immediate family that's in the military or, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have anybody that was involved in any of the terrorism um, I said, really, it kind of comes down to uh, I take my shoes off at the airport now, and that's that's right. Like the ex- the extent of the like the way that the waves of that impact. I mean, I'm grateful for that. There's a lot of people that have massively. So I'm not uh, minimizing that. I'm just saying, even the most cataclysmic things can happen on our soil that are so clearly uh, either you're for it or against it, irrespective of its sources or whatever. Like, did you like 9-11 or did you not like 9-11? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, like well, I, I disliked it and I think, I think that most people disliked it. Certainly. But, it, but in reality, it didn't... Uh, my, I, nothing really... Right. Ultimately, I'm not saying that I'm not directly affected by the burgeoning Homeland Security and the Patriot Act and like all, like all the things. But I'm talking about just like on a day to day, like experiential yeah. kind of level. Like not a whole lot's changed. So I mean, yeah. based on, I don't know. So I, I guess I just feel like that. If I was to wrap this up into a question, I would sort of say like you know, given that maybe a lot of people are not necessarily um, emotionally intelligent or civics experts, how do you address that? 
um it, it, i try to interact with them and last year I, it would have been i would have been more heavy on the on the joking side of it but this time i just point out like hey you're making a personal attack against me right now and I, that does not seem appropriate in the context here or you're 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 putting in a gif in our intellectual in an honest intellectual thought exchange like that's yeah, and so I just ask them as if that's what they want, and then so they almost always end up responding like, "Oh, you're you're challenging me because well, you believe in comedy." It's like yes, but right now we're we're talking about bigger bigger topics, mm-hmm. and so that that's what I found out is part of part of my chit show platform at the very end is um, interact with people by I have the the. Um, the YouTube video series, but then part of it, I, and I put it on my website so that so people can look at it, and is um, I, I call it expelling exclusionary in runs because I have all sorts of like butt humor, poop jokes yeah. scattered through it yeah. to still keep it interesting for me because I'm like it's so damn boring, and that's yeah. what I find from so many people. Like other with there, I hear from so many people they're like it's so boring without. Thank you. I always get your breath of fresh air <laughs> from younger people or in younger uh, younger people, older people, like people mm. that are kind of bored with what they're seeing on stage. Yeah. And so then it's like I could say I could say these things that maybe someone else on stage agrees with, but can't say because yeah. they have to raise money, they have donors, you know, like they're not gonna they're not talking about decriminalizing sex work. So I think at least for me, it's then to when people come at come at me with this tribalism is just to say i believe you're i believe you're engaging in tribalistic unthought out you know mm. if you have a question please ask me so last year what i did was i direct messaged several reporters that were saying negative things about me and i asked them to coffee zero of them responded so that's i was like that tells me something right there they won't respond to in, i sent them an email um asking what is your criteria for coverage in in, in your newspaper won't even answer it. Mm. Like that's where that's where we are. Is they don't even want to engage, but they want to they want to like blast me on the internet for for being illegitimate, but won't even engage in civil conversation. Mm. So we're at that point now where it's like it's it's almost like this knee jerk reaction. They think that they're supposed to hate me, but they don't know why. I think last year they thought I was alt right. Then it turns out I really have a radical platform that otherwise they would agree with, mm. but they don't. It's almost like maybe there's an emo. Then you elicit an emotional reaction because they realize they look like fools, and so now they're like, all right, well, uh, boo on you, mm. you know. And so like, I, I wrote that op ed for the Tennessean, essentially talking about inconsistent criteria if. It even if they even have criteria, you're supposed to have it. Um, so you're not just picking favorites like randomly. Or mm. um, well, what, the, what you find with a lot of media outlets is they just end up aggregating what other people say. Yeah. And so like, oh, you 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 limit it to four, we'll limit it to four. Right. Okay. Um, and and so then I end up having that conversation with them and just like boo on you. And it's like fine, I don't give a shit. You know what? I'm I'm get I'm in the game, and I'm and I am bending the conversation. So yeah. you want to come at me? You start riots on your phone all day long because I'm up there with mayoral candidates planting right. seeds. Yeah. One of the things that's interesting is like I was going to say how you you so many of the things you're talking about are like directly reflected like on the national level, right? There's well, so many things like international. Yeah, that yeah, they, even that because you think about like somebody like Bernie Sanders, and it's like. He ran four years ago, got cheated out of his, you know, primary run against Hillary Clinton. Now he's back. And what what's everybody talking about? They're talking about Bernie's platform from last year. Everybody's got to answer a question about Medicare for all. Everybody's got to answer a question about $15 an hour. That's all his fucking platform. You know what I mean? So it's like 
I don't even know he'll be allowed to win this time. But nonetheless, it's like that his involvement is the thing that that has made the difference and that's why you have to keep those barriers low so that those ideas can get in and even if that candidate isn't viable and for whatever reason at the end of the day the influence can be drastic well and what happened last year was there were more candidates last year that ran and it happened so fast that you didn't you didn't get to meet all of them so what i did afterwards is I contacted several of them and I did hour long interviews with them if uh-huh. they would have me and be like what where did you, oh, f- amazing information some of them are kooky sure but some <laughs> of them had some wild ideas I was like no one's even talking about that what yeah. the hell happened well everybody's got something to offer so I didn't mean to be like sort of uh, you know painting with too broad of a brush there but that I mean one of the things that bothers me the most is that people people's instinct is not to engage with people that they really just want to they, they, they want to vilify way faster without a doubt way without faster doubt. than they want to like you know they want to understand I, like, or you know, I, I don't think it's <laughs> I don't think it's so crazy or controversial for me to say uh, you know that I'm I, I'm not really the biggest Donald Trump fan I know that's probably going to surprise some people <laughs> um, but the thing is is like uh, yeah. but the thing is I mean and I've, I've mentioned this to, to friends you know and whatnot, where I've just said you know but if I ever had the chance to talk to him I would definitely yeah. take it and I would I've got to believe that there's something to be had out of that exchange mm-hmm. whether it's my own personal learnings or maybe I could plant a seed or whatever it is but if you don't put that like if you don't make yourself like larger or smaller however you look at it to then whatever this engagement is of vilification and uh condemning people uh and just trying to get like a zinger in on them or whatever it is it's just like why can't people just uh like turn that it's, it, it reminds me of, it, it it must play on the same psychological angle that uh you know like some people when they have like say somebody in their family gets murdered or something and then they'll have like these organizations that at times can put victims in touch with the perpetrators and then they force restorative justice yeah and then they put some you know uh, i'm not saying this stuff can't get really weird and it has to be whatever but ultimately there's people that are on one side or the other either they they get they heal through understanding and knowledge well, so, and, and engaging even with like so if there are people in the world where their family members got murdered by somebody and they have found it to be a cause to be pursuant to the person that murdered the person in their families so as to learn more as a person to understand and let that be the pathway of some kind of healing if that is possible in this world then how the hell is it not why is it so insane if I'm if I'm just gonna say like uh, you know not that I would ever have the opportunity but if if I was given some opportunity I would more than take it and it wouldn't be like I'm gonna give him a piece of my mind it would be just curiosity mm-hmm. all the way and I even mean, if it was I'm gonna give him a piece of my mind to me that's more admirable than just like I will not go like oh, right, yeah. I got honored to go see the president it just happens to be a president I hate and I will not go but I'm gonna take a stand to me that's bullshit it's like if, if you hate him so much go fucking sit down with him and tell him why you hate him and well, find out what the hell's going on and, and fight for the shit you want yeah. I just I don't understand this idea of like I'll I'll just take this pose and then somehow that I I win points for doing that I don't get I don't get how these gestures count for anything well, and what yeah. I don't understand is when I got attacked by this last year I, I I asked some of these critics I was like so what am I supposed to do how am I supposed to and they don't answer because really what they what the what they're leading to is it I guess you would say it they want to other me 
They want the other people that are in this. You you need to be out in the. You need to be outside with a picket sign. It's like fuck that. And and that, that's what I was telling someone without getting on my soapbox too much. I was like, I got shot by the fucking cops in Seattle, 1999. <laughs> I took a rubber bullet to the leg after they freaking. This is uh, WTO. Yeah, Battle of Seattle. I, I was, lived out there in six, 96 to 98. Um, just left it, before that. Um, I got shot in the leg. I got spray. I got sprayed with a pepper spray in the face. They were tear gassing everyone. I was like, I've been there. Mm. Guess what? In this, in Davidson County, in the state of Tennessee, twenty five signatures gets me on stage. I'm do, I'm done playing the game. Yeah, mm. and that's what I've realized with a the lot symbolic of, game, right? Yeah, it, it, where it's like, no, um, if you want to if you want to interact with the system, you do it outside with a cardboard sign. It's like done with that. Sorry. And so at least Thank you. where I come mm-hmm. from is that. I come out. I came out of two. I did two uh, seasons on a TV show, but I do have a background in philosophy, political science. Mm-hmm. Have degrees there. And I was like, what if these were the what? If, so then, be, being familiar with the stagecraft, I was like, oh, I could hang with you all day long. Because guess what? Guess who was my boss on one of the shows? Was Barry Bostwick, mm-hmm. uh, Brad Majors from Rocky Horror. Uh-huh, wow. But also the mayor of Spin City. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's what I was great. Like, I forgot. I was, about I was that. like, I've rolled with one of the biggest <laughs> mayors. <laughs> I, know, I learned from the guy at Spin City. That's a classic, right? right? I, haven't, I haven't used that on stage yet. But it's like, no, I, I've gone toe to toe with him and had a great time doing it. And so that's that's what you where you end up is like people in order to defend their understanding of of how like maybe maybe it's it's a very basic uh, thesis antithesis synthesis yeah. not to get too hegelian but they, they, <laughs> they need that because if you're outside that paradigm they don't understand it and they get immediately dismissive and that's what you find out you you start you tease this stuff out of them and then at the core you you find the, this progressive liberal crowd to be anti-democratic and so I was kind of processing this with my wife the other day, and she pointed out, correctly so, that <clears throat> Harvard's studies on implicit bias, guess who does the worst? Educated white liberals mm. have the highest rates of implicit bias. I was like, that's what's scary. That is what is end up, ends up uh, being almost Orwellian. Mm-hmm. Because now we're at a point in this town where the alt media does not want to cover alternative points of view. Mm. War is peace. Mm. I was like that. We don't even have to. We don't even have to initiate legislative measures to politically censor people. We're doing it to ourselves. And that and that that's what's crazy to me is like they want to talk about uh, what's the shiny new topic in town: scooters. Um, they they all talk about education. The cherry trees, um, education. Oh, yeah. yeah, we all agree with schools, but what about? That's why I was like, "What the hell happened to extending municipal voting rights to sixteen and seventeen year olds?" No one even talks about that, but mm. I'm saying it on stage, and people are like, "Oh yeah, I remember that was a cause back in the day." Right, getting younger kids to vote because it's like, guess what? You get them to vote earlier, they they stay involved mm. because at least for me, I'm not going to say I was radicalized in high school, but damn close to it. You mm. know, I, it it helps set the course for, for right. wanting to learn more, and it's like. If and um, I, I, it was kind of instilled to me to vote, and I did even when I even when I was like to fuck the system, voting is complicit. You yeah. know, I still did it because I was like I wanted to engage with it. But at least now, I think part of the exercise is also like hearkening back to what what I was raised on, like um, anarcho punk DIY uh, ethics. Is that I'm taking DIY to the stage, and I'm standing next to who's going to be the next mayor and who is the current mayor. And so to me, I was like, "There, that's the power. If you want to, if you want to dump on me all day long, that's on you. 
if if you want to if you want to be old guard playing vanguard i can't do anything with that <laughs> yeah you know and and ultimately it's a lost opportunity for it, the more that people what, i'll still offer to engage in conversation yeah. until the very end and so then it demonstrates that like i'm consistent in being willing to dialogue mm-hmm. and that and they on the other side are just taking like the the pot shot hot take and it's like that's all you got like yeah. you're the thought leader here no wonder we're in so much trouble <laughs> the, the the term is so problematic it's so the uh, hot take thing no the thought leader the term <laughs> yeah. thought leader um, it, it's almost like incongruous it's it's almost like um how can you in the way that we typify leadership in this culture as opposed to say how uh, yeah, it, it's, the thought leader is never going to be leading anyone. They're well, too far out, and that's what I was, yeah. my, my response to, to one of the yes. people was like, "Like you're, you don't want to be mayor. You're, you're not a leader." I was like, "I think I demonstrate leadership every time I stand up to people bullying me, <laughs> and I say something about it, even if I stand alone." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing is you want to you want to act like there's some like that you represent this cool crowd. It's like so here I am, the one literally being bullied by you, mm. standing up to you. I was like, and and I'll do it by myself if mm-hmm. I have to, because I I I want to defend what I'm doing, and I want to defend the right of others to engage in it, even though I realize that maybe it's it might be disingenuous because I do keep pushing like, hey, anyone can get involved. But I, at the end of the day, it's it's somewhat weird because I know like not everyone is going to come off of uh, two years on a TV show. Not everyone is also uh-huh. going to have this <laughs> philosophical background. Right. So it is um, scary. Mm. to people but i think part of what the comedy does is kind of break that down and mm-hmm. so it's like you don't have to wear the three-piece suit right you, you know like get up there and do your thing still be humble don't act like a total jackass and so that's what i was hoping at what, what you saw at the fox 17 forum is you see the stagecraft i could still play play up there but remain professional yeah 100 like, percent. not gonna like fart while some you know like like because i also want to do a service to my point of views that yeah. i have held but if i want to deliver them in a funny way when it's my turn i think i have every right to do so and i think i would encourage other people to do it because what we're seeing around this country i just checked in on the knoxville mayor's race there's some outsider candidates that are young like me. I was like, mm. son of a bitch, this is happening yeah. out in the world. And so like, I'm not gonna say I'm a good uh, representative of the politics of the future, but I'm indicative of the type of conversations and the type of uh, way we're gonna change the conversation. Yeah, yes. and a lot of outsider candidates coming involved. I mean, again, you see it in the, in the Democratic primaries right now. You see a lot of people who are you know, uh, outsider candidates in one way or another, certainly not party establishment. You know what I mean? And I think that that that's happening because this, because it is so fucking broken and people are just, they're, they're not, they don't buy it anymore. They're not going to wait for another election cycle. They're, they're done with it. You know what I mean? And it's like, forget it. We got to change this up. And at least I mean, it already happened. I mean, that's what Trump is literally that, you know what I mean? Right. So, certainly, you know, we got to come here up, like with our, a better version of that. Our municipal elections are supposed to be nonpartisan. Mm-hmm. So then, then if, when you start getting into DNR, you're like, hey, no. Like, I'll roll with that eye, right. you know? Yeah. Um, so if somebody was going to uh, follow in your sort of, uh, it, I'm inspired yeah. by this, okay, I want to do the same shit in my my spot. Like, what 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 do you, what's the first, what's step one? 
Step one would be find out what are the what are the requirements and what because when I met the um, the line cook from the burger joint, his name is Jacob. He's my camp Jacob Corn. Call Jacob. <clears throat> He's my campaign manager. He tried to run for mayor last year. Got the got his qualifying petition, everything. Went and got it all his signatures. Brought it back. Turned it in. They're like, oh, you have to be thirty. <laughs> it was like you could have told me yeah. on the front. <laughs> so no, know the know the basics. So rules. know the basics, and yeah. so but so that's why I when we were talking, he was sharing <laughs> so, that story. I was like, dude, you want to see what it's like? I was like, let's be the light, but this time around, you'll be my shadow. Yeah, and let's and let's go out there because what's going to happen? Maybe in four years, you run for council, I run your campaign. Yeah, yeah, and so that, that's part of what I've initiated for me is a campaign reform apprenticeship program CRAP (laughs) (laughs) but because I'm a product of a union apprenticeship program I see value in it Uh, so I was like follow me I'll show you what I'm doing I could demonstrate to him and we'll get it on video and we'll put it online so other people can see it Yeah. Um, but if someone wanted to contact me I'd be down to help them with that Um, so how do people find you um, Twitter and Instagram at the John Sewell S-E-W J-O-N Oh yeah um, S-E-W-E-L-L mm-hmm. um, Well really I guess they would probably follow a link from yeah. y'all's podcast yeah, or yeah. something I don't know And then my yeah. website for this program for this project the, the political project side of things is uh, The Chit Show C-H-I-T dot com mm-hmm. And so that's where I, I keep like a I, I, the blog is mostly active during campaigns because what I also do is I post every damn questionnaire they send me and my response to it. And what I found, I found out is like, that's actually more transparent than other people running for office. Yeah, no doubt. It's like, I don't give a damn. Here's everything I got to say. Here's my puns. Here's my wordplay. Here's my whatever. Mm-hmm. It's all here. I'm not, there's, I got nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. Well, you're having fun. I think so, uh, but I, mean, I think I'm getting high blood pressure too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to come and check back with you soon and, and uh, part and of see. the landscape. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, see, that's how they, they six beat months you ago you had hair. <laughs> Jeez, you gotta get did a little you, white. You gotta get a little white on the sides. Well, I'm starting <laughs> yeah. to get that. How did you face up yourself into real life? <laughs> Right, exactly. Uh, I thought that was a face that was just the uh, mayoral campaign. They beat him down. All right, Joe, you got anything you want to promo on our way out? Uh, no, not really. I don't. I don't really have anything. I've got things. I got things brewing, but nothing to specifically yeah. talk about. Find me at Mighty Joe Nolan on Twitter and Instagram. Cool. Uh, and I got a show. I'm playing a little show coming up. I'm, I'm not mentioning it yet, but I'm just. Other than that, I'm playing a show. So find me on whatever. Let the me things tell you are. what I'm not going to talk about. At those drones, I'll, <laughs> I will announce it when it happens. It's not nothing major but it is sort of a a way of me re-entering the the live music sphere after i've been out for a minute um sphere and then otherwise um august 5th i'll be doing this artist in residency thing at fort negley you get to see this piece that i'm making um for those outside of nashville whatever don't worry about it just follow us um so john thanks again man oh thank you for having Super, me thank su- you for including me in the process <laughs> yeah totally we're happy to <laughs> all right uh, that's how i sign off on all the emails to questionnaires <laughs> <laughs> because i want to reiterate it's like not everyone actually does that's yeah. the crazy thing is yeah. that they'll, they'll 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 pre-filter people out and that's what's scary mm-hmm. all right well let's uh let's Let's get out there and uh, and understand what's happening in our, our politics and our media and try to, like, fuck some shit up, people. And beat right. the politics. Democracy yeah. now. All right. Later. <laughs>
Okay guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast. Click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast. And once you get there, you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level. You're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and, and help us out. Again, anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast. Click on support this podcast. All right. Thanks, everyone.